Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dastardly devices to wondrous weapons. And today we are covering the deck of many things. New year, new show, new theme, who dis? Who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? We are retiring Year of the Fiend. It was a blast. Welcome to Year of the Artifact, everyone. Where, where we open up with two F-bombs. We are... <laughs> Damn it, I just said last episode that I was going to save him for the short rest back half, but right. Did you guys like that alliteration? We're going to say that one all year long. Don't ask me about it. Anyway. <laughs> right. Well, it is a new year, everyone. Who dis? And that means that we move out of the house of the fiend and into a new house of the Dungeon Cast Zodiac. That's right. Behold, the ascension of the constellation of Artificium. Ooh. It is nigh. <laughs> it is nigh. <laughs> it is year of the artifact, people. Hey. And that means this year we are going to pull out at least one super magical legendary object from the game of D&D and talk about it. Yeah, we are. He's right. Nothing that he said was wrong at all. Um, we've, we've crossed a new threshold of, for stuff. Yeah. You like capitalism? Well, this is capitalism in Dungeons & Dragons of the highest degree. Indeed. Um, I'm also thinking that non-artifact magic items are also fair game. Uh, probably the more notable ones, at least. Um, the Holy Avengel, Avenger, uh, Vorpal Weapons, Staff of the Magi, etc. Um, we have talked about dungeons and monsters, gods and classes for years on this show. But where has our love of the magic goodies all players crave been this whole time? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's time to correct this on <laughs> this year of on the Dungeon Cast, starting with the deck of many things. Yeah, Swiss Army dick deck. Whoa, God damn it. Whoa. <laughs> so the deck of many things. God, now every time I say the word, I'm going to be like, don't fuck it up. Oh, I've been waiting for this episode, Well, So the Deck of Many Things, also known as the Deck of Hazards, is an infamous legendary artifact of mysterious origin. It is most often depicted as an assortment of magical cards or metallic plates that are arranged in a set deck. Uh, these cards are enchanted with extraordinary magic that is never to be used lightly. Though the deck of many things can bestow great fortune, power, or luck to whomever draws from it, it can just as easily and equally bring down ruin, death, and destruction. 
This artifact is a true gamble to interact with. It can even quite easily unravel an entire campaign. In fact, often that's exactly what it does. It ex- it, <laughs> it, it's what it does. I've listened to, um, shout out to Dungeons and Daddies. Who, okay. On my Spotify wrapped, it came up. Oh, nice. Uh, one of my top podcasts because I binge the shit out of their season one. Um, I love all you guys and you are local. And, oh, shit. Uh, because they talk about like San Dimas and stuff. I think uh-huh. I brought it up while I was listening to it earlier last year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're, they're like LA local. Like, cool. So if you guys ever want to hang out with us, yeah, let us know. Oh, yeah, hit, hit us up on the Dungeon Cast <laughs> if you guys want to like tweet. Do we still tweet? Are we, we going to keep doing that? As of the recording, yes. Yeah, okay. Who knows, though? It's real fucking slippery it slope right now. It is crazy right now. If you yeah. want to reach out to the Dungeons & Daddies crew at some Tell level, them to come on this show. Yeah, do you, do you guys want to come on the show? We would love to have you. Or if you... I know you've had guests. I don't know. That'd be fun. <laughs> I like improv. You guys are fucking hilarious. Um. Anyway, they did... This is light spoilers for their campaign, but they they used the deck of many things, and it absolutely derailed the whole fucking campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. As far as I could tell, I'd, I think it was the plan, because mm-hmm. part of it was they were tricked to pull from it. Okay. Which was yeah. wild. Yeah. That, like, like, at one point, they were going to pull from it. Like, it was just around, and they were just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. later on, it, like, circled back around, and they were tricked into pulling from Interesting. it. Interesting. And it was just insane. That is that is light spoilers for that, that show, so, so sorry about that. As a DM, you only introduce this item if you're ready for that. If you're just ready for everything to take a left turn and everything you had planned before that to just be chopped liver. Yeah. So it, it is wild what this thing could do. I'm so I'm really excited to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So the de- the deck of many things <clears throat> first appeared in the Dungeons and Dragons games first supplement Greyhawk in 1975. This version of the deck contained 18 cards corresponding to the Ace, King, Queen, and Jack of each suit, hearts, diamonds, spades, and clubs, and one Joker. The deck also appears in the original Dungeon Master's Guide in 1979. Ooh. This version comes in packs of either 13 cards or, more rarely, 22 cards. The 13-card deck contains cards corresponding to the King, Queen, and Jack of each suit, as well as a Joker. The 22nd card, the 22-card deck contains the same cards with the two and ace of each deck as well as the trademark joker okay though the additions uh through the additions the deck has changed in size of contents but the spirit and many of the key cards have remained the same to this day yeah one of them is the wish spell which is cool that's like one of the things you're trying to pull out of there. right exactly it's, so, it's a bait i, I thought is. there were more cards than that like up more front. Than, more than 22 yeah like because i when i think of a deck of cards yeah. i think of um 52 of um Hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh? Of Yu-Gi-Oh, it's 40 cards. Oh, okay, know. it's 40 in a No, deck. I think Man, of bicycle cards, like 52-card deck. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what yeah. I think of as well. Um, yeah, there's 22, but trust me, it's plenty. Yeah. All of these are trap cards, by the way. Not all of them, but a good <laughs> deal of them. Yeah, some of them are spell cards. Yeah. Though the <laughs> though the true origins of the deck of many things have has been lost to the ages, many historians believe that the artifact was originally a gift from a powerful and ancient archfey to a long-forgotten emperor. The Archfey knew that the Emperor was extremely superstitious and could not resist reading his own fortunes within the cards. The deck of many things is fey bullshit. <laughs> it is. It's so crazy, though, that it makes sense, that it, it, the, it the wildness of it. Right. So some hold the deck of many things responsible for shattering that ancient empire and giving rise to powerful warlords that vied for control of the remnants of that empire. The deck of many things passes from hand to hand, bringing low the mighty and elevating the meek, and sometimes vice versa. Mm-hmm. 
in the Forgotten Realms, it is said that the deck of many things uh, was created, or the decks of many things, there's multiple of them, oh, shit. Uh, were created by the ancient empire of Netheril. Uh, at the time, these decks were nothing but decks of game cards known as decks of hazards. These casual deck building game, this deck casual deck building game was played with slightly enchanted cards competitively. Oh my like, god! It was like fantasy Yu-Gi-Oh. It was fantasy Yu-Gi-Oh, and you have to play it while you're like driving, uh, like old muscle cars over like dirt hills into like bales of hay and shit. That's a joke about Dukes, oh, Dukes. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> After the fall of Netheril, the magic contained in surviving decks steeped and swelled into the potent cards known at, known across the realms for their dangers and possible beneficial effects. So if I remember correctly, which I hope I do, Netheril, the Empire, they, they had the floating cities and stuff. Yeah. And I believe there was an archmage who was trying to cast level 10 spells that were going to fucking undo reality. And yeah. Mistra put a stop to all that, also cut off level 10 spells. Um, yes. I'm imagining that it's it was more than just the magic that was in the cards. I'm figuring these cards were amongst some of the most magical shit ever made, and part of all this this these uh, cascading failures of spell work as these cities are falling. And I think all of that magic, for some reason, coalesced in many of these decks, and that's probably what caused right, it. Right, because at the end of this empire, the magic runs out in the floating cities, and they yeah. fall to the earth. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. in Faerun, right? And they and, um, yes. What's the name of the desert? Don't remember. I'm not a forgotten. Uh, I I've um, used it. I used okay. it in F bats. So okay, they had to okay. go there. Um, I'm sure if I heard it, I, I'd be like, "Yep, that's the one." Yeah, I forgot off the top of my head. Okay. Sorry. That's going to be a great string of YouTube comments. Thanks <laughs> everybody. Sure I appreciate you guys leaving YouTube comments about the stuff we forget. <laughs> I do sincerely. Yeah, um, I mean, it's helpful. They're, they're fun to read. I was like, "Oh yeah, that was a thing." I usually don't look it up after the show. I just wait for you. While each deck of many things is unique, they hold some common properties. The majority of decks found contain 13 cards, while approximately one quarter of them hold 22. They are typically made of vellum, which is calfskin parchment, or ivory, but can also be cast from thin sheets of metal. They are often kept in a small pouch or ornate box. Damn, that's cool. Fucking a little metal deck of cards. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Each card in the deck is named and adorned with a unique portrait. The portraits on the cards shimmer with a radiance of power. A 13-card deck includes these cards. The sun, moon, star, throne, key... Night, the void, flames, skull, ruin, and I want to say Uriel, which is actually just a Medusa. Oh, okay. Um, that's actually from Greek mythology. I think Uriel was Medusa, one of Medusa's sisters or something like that. Okay. Yeah, we call them Gorgons. And we do. We do call them dragons. Gorgons nowadays. Um, uh, also, Rogue and Jester cards. Well, a 22-card deck adds the Vizier, Comet, the Fates, Gem, Talons, Idiot, and Don John. Don John, the Heron gone? <laughs> so I had to look this up because I always just figured Don John was just like a funny way of spelling dungeon. That's oh. not entirely correct. So it is another word for dungeon uh, from the French version of the word, but nowadays is used mostly to refer to a castle tower, while a dungeon is refer is usually referred to as the castle's basement, if you will. Okay. Yeah. So Don John. So we <laughs> Yes, exactly. So we have the dungeon and the dungeon. Um, <laughs> and then we have balance and fool. Those are the last two cards. Okay, so this is more like a tarot deck. I mean, yeah, with the and exception of tarot decks, you usually like pull a bunch of cards in certain formations in order to quote unquote tell a fortune. Oh, yeah. I just mean um, the, the style of the card. Yes, it, it's very. Uh, so if you're familiar with tarot decks, um, the tarot decks are divided into two um, 
I forget what they're called. Um, well, Arcanas is what they're called. That'll be a cool string of YouTube comments. <laughs> two, two categories. There's the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana. Yeah. Uh, the Major Arcana is very much like this, where it's just singular concepts with an awesome portrait, um, while the Minor Arcana is more akin to like a deck of cards with suits and stuff. I think the Curse of Strahd module comes with a deck of special Barovian tarot tarot deck there yeah that's a well that's called a taroka deck and yes. it's it's again more aligned with like a major arcana yeah but it's used for divining right like, yes it is yeah yes. okay so, uh where was i this, oh yeah this deck of many things is not used for divining it seems no it's used for fucking up your life <laughs> um so according to the lore the exact powers of each individual deck are never known until the cards are drawn uh, when so I think the idea here is that like your care the players might know what's in the deck of many things but the deck of many things is truly a mystery in the worlds that they exist so unless your players have just an insane amount of arcane knowledge they probably don't know the names of any of these cards or what they can do yeah somebody would have to tell them yeah right like, like your if your characters are if your players are playing their characters in character there should just be an aura of mystery and just uh, unknown when it comes to these cards. I mean, that's like we, this show, the dungeon cast disambiguates a lot of things in four players mm-hmm. that players probably shouldn't know in game, you know, like yeah, it's that same vein. Right. So when you're, when you're listening to the dungeon cast and you go to play your game, don't be like, Hey, I saw this on the dungeon cast. It's supposed to work like this. Your DM might've changed it. Yeah. Your team's God in your game. So, yeah, but yeah. The, we're just here to give you like the general idea of things. Right. Exactly. Um, so when using the deck, the individual must first declare how many cards they intend to draw. They can do so randomly, but must wait one hour before they can draw again. Any extraneously drawn cards have no effect. And if an individual fails to draw the number of cards they previously declared, then all the remaining cards fly from the deck and all take effect simultaneously. You don't want that. You don't want that. Like the DM probably doesn't want it. No, definitely not. That's a (laughs) lot to do and a lot to keep track of. What order do they happen in? You're rewriting the campaign. Yeah. Like you're rewriting the world maybe at that point, but we'll see. Okay. So the idea is I say... So the deck of many things is in front of me as a player. And I yeah. say, uh, me, my my half-elf fighter, mm-hmm. I would like to draw four cards from this deck. And then you do. Yeah. yeah. Or don't. Yeah. But you should. You but you should. You can't draw five. Right. You can't draw five. I will say that there are a lot of cards in here that will stop you from drawing the amount that you said. I don't think the 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 big explodey effect happens in that case. Yeah, because um, the deck says that the you deck stop says, here. All right, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So once a card is successfully drawn, its magic immediately takes effect, and then it fades into oblivion, but instantly reappears as part of the deck. This makes it entirely possible that the same card can be drawn more than once. <clears throat> the exception to this rule are the Fool and Jester cards, which truly disappear once drawn. Uh and and from what I read, like this is a permanent disappearance. So this makes me feel like there should actually be a percentage of decks out there that have twenty or twenty one cards because the jester or the what was it, or fool or both have been drawn from this deck. Yeah, before. and there's a fucked up world event coinciding <laughs> with that. Yeah, there that we go. Deck probably like that. out yeah, there. Yeah, um, but you may or may not know about it. It's not like like the dastardly thing that happens because the card was drawn is just suddenly known to the all the inhabitants of the entire world. It's no, like, no, localized likely. Yeah. Yeah, Which likely. A lot of these effects are, or just they happen in behind the scenes, known known only to the person who drew it or whoever was around for the drawing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're going to start talking about the effects of the cards. You'll see that they're on the notes here that there's different colored text. Do you want to read the blue text because that is what the official five E versions do, like on a mechanical basis? Yeah, I could read 
the blue text or all of it, you let me know. I'll do the blue text do. and I'll do the white text. You do the blue text. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds okay. great. So let's talk about the effects of each card, starting with the cards in the 13-piece deck. Okay. <clears throat> so first up, we have the sun card. You are granted tremendous insight and skill as if you are much more experienced in your travels than you are. In addition, you are granted a single wondrous item from anywhere throughout the realms or other planes of existence. You would gain 50,000 experience and a wondrous item, which the GM determines randomly, appears in your hands. So I imagine the dungeon master would have, or game master, would have a random table where they would roll on a they'd roll a die on it like a d12 or something like that right and you would get an item off the table so this is certainly one of the more positive cards now definitely this is one of the ones that you're hoping to draw technically if you're pulling this yes fifty thousand experience is quite a bit um based off of all the monster stat blocks i have read in my time doing the show uh but a lot of people do milestone leveling so you would have to kind of decide as the DM. Like Again, what it 50, will, if you're the DM and you're implementing this card, I mean, I think it would be a little disingenuous not to honor the card for what it is. At that point, you are you are allowing the 50,000 the 50, to be whatever it calculates out to be. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what the 50,000 means to you in your game is up to you, and you've probably decided that at the beginning of the campaign. You didn't just, <clears> like, <throat> see 50,000 and be like, oh, and that... Like, okay. I'll just give you one level. Like, what do you think? So at level, oh, sorry, I missed what you said. Sorry. What do you think, like, a 50,000, like, would oh, translate? I just pulled out you, the oh, chart. Yeah, I got the chart right go. here. Okay, so mind. at level one. I thought you were, sorry, I thought you were texting, and I was no, trying to no, buy you time no, by speaking. thank you, but no, no, <laughs> I know. I'm just texting while we're doing the show. It's like, God damn, it must be important. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. So at level one, 50,000 would get you all the way to level 10. Wow. Uh, from from level from zero. level one, yeah. Okay, but from level one, ten, yeah. it wouldn't even get you to level eleven. It's still a lot, though. It's still a lot, yeah. So when you're pulling from the deck of many things, you're probably higher level. Probably, um, I don't know. You really does. I really don't know. Actually, it, it could show that's up at any completely time. up to your DM because like it. There are some cards where you being higher level would be very beneficial, but there's a lot of cards where it doesn't matter. You'd be level 20. This card's still going to fuck up your day. That would be a crazy start to a campaign is drawing from the deck of many things. As a matter of fact, if it were me, there's only two instances in which I would like allow the deck of many things to be pulled. Um, one would be very close to the beginning of the campaign just to be like, all right, let's see where this goes. And then I'll, I'll be creative from this point forward. Or if I'm kind of at the tail end of my story and uh, I'm ready for this to just take a different direction. Yes. Uh, um, spoilers for crit roll. Um, they also draw from the deck of many things in critical role. Okay. And it is at the end of like their first major arc. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And they have an entire storyline based off of the cards that were drawn. Yeah. Off that, the deck that, that tracks. Yeah. All right. So next up we have the moon card. You gain the ability to cast the powerful spell wish in one of three in two, in one to three instances. Uh, you are granted the ability to cast the wish spell 1d3 times. So you're really hoping for that three. Oh, right? yeah. So, so let's what, go over the wish spell. Let me pull that up, actually. Definitely do that, because yeah. you're going to you're gonna roll a d4, and four is, is, not, is a reroll or something like that. Yeah, that's probably what you do. Yeah. Or, or you, you could, roll a d6. Or, you, or, yeah, two, or that. Three, or you could use a little di a literal digital d3. d3. Yeah. Although physical ones do exist, too, if you have one. Mm -hmm. um, all right, wish spell. Let us know your favorite way to roll a D3 oh, gosh, in a fun string of YouTube comments. This is a very verbose spell. Are you ready for oh, this? Oh, yeah. It's like one of the most complicated all spells, right. right? Wish is the mightiest spell a mortal creature can cast. By simply speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality in accord with your desires. The basic use of this spell is to duplicate any other spell of 8th level or lower. You don't need to meet any requirements in that spell. 
um, including costly components. The spell simply takes effect. Alternatively, you can create one of the following effects of your choice. You create one object of up to 25,000 gold pieces in value that is not magical. Uh, the object can be no more than 300 feet in any dimension, and it appears in any unaccurate space you can see on the ground. You allow up to 20 creatures. That was one option. Mm -hmm. uh, next option, you allow up to 20 creatures that you can see to regain all hit points, and you end all effects on them described in the Greater Restoration spell. Ooh. Next up, you grant up to 10 creatures that you can see resistance to a damage type you choose. I feel like that should be immunity, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, next one, you grant up to 10 creatures you can see immunity to a single spell or other magical effect for eight hours. For instance, you can make yourself and all your companions immune to a lich's life drain attack. Ooh, wow. That's pretty good. Uh, next up, you undo a single recent event by forcing a reroll of any roll made within the last round. Reality reshapes itself to accommodate the new result. For example, a wish spell could undo an opponent's successful save, a foe's critical hit, a friend's failed save. You can force the reroll to be made with advantage or disadvantage, and you can choose whether to use the reroll or the original roll. And I'm just spitballing here, but maybe drawing a card from the deck of many things. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe you'll have a bad one, because we're going to read some bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first two are quite good, aren't they? Uh, you might be able to achieve something beyond the scope of the above example. State your wish to the DM as precisely as possible. The DM has great latitude in rolling what occurs in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater the likelihood that something goes wrong. The spell might simply fail. The effect you desire might only be partly achieved, or you might suffer some unforeseen consequences as a result of how you worded the wish. What? Is this a monkey's... You can monkey's paw this thing? Yeah, if that you're the sucks. DM, you can. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that could be fun, too. For example, wishing that a villain were dead might propel you forward in time to a period when the villain is no longer alive or is now undead, <laughs> effectively removing you from the game. Similarly, wishing for a legendary magic item or artifact might instantly transport you to the presence of the item's current owner. I don't like I don't like that. You don't like getting Ocarina I, I, of Time. Like, to, obviously, like... it's up it's up to the DM, but it's like as a DM, I wouldn't do at least not with the simple wish of, of having an item, right? I wish for a orb of dragon kind. I'm not going to teleport you to where it is. I'm just going to give it to you. Not without a disclaimer first. Like, hey, be careful what you wish for. Right. You know, exactly. Like, if, there, if there's going to be a monkey's paw situation, I'm not going to trick people into that because that is yeah. bad storytelling. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to let them walk into their own monkey's paw. Yeah, yeah. Like, you need to know. Like, there has to be some clue they yeah, can't, you can't just you can't just do. I feel like, like that's if gonna you're upset fucking people. with something that straightforward of a request that like it's very its intent is that obvious. Cause, then because I take it back, it might not be bad. It might be great storytelling, but it might upset your players, very which much is so. bad. Yeah, yeah, that just wouldn't be my style. No. So the stress of casting the spell to produce any effect other than du duplicating another spell's we spell weakens you. So spell could do big things, but. Uh, after enduring that stress, each time you cast a spell until you finish a long rest, you take 1d10 necrotic damage per level of that spell. The, this damage can't be reduced or prevented in any way. In addition, your strength drops to 3, <laughs> if it isn't 3 or lower already, for 2d4 days. For each of those days that you spend resting or doing nothing more than light activity, you your remaining recovery time decreases by two days. Finally, there is a 33% chance that you are unable to cast Wish ever again if you suffer the stress. I would lean into those... Um like debilitations harder if the a non-spell caster people with no spell casting experience are casting wish yeah i mean that that makes sense in that like i can't uh, i the only way someone who's not a caster is casting it is through an item yeah 
Um, I'd also tell people like heads up, like that's going to fuck you up for a while. To me, I I like the idea of this stress, but if I'm going to do the stress thing, then I'm probably going to be much more generous and allowing the wish spell to do what a wish spell should do, which is grant grant a goddamn wish. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're going to pull off what you're going to pull off as long as you don't word it so poorly that I have to monkey paw you. Yeah. Um, but you're going to, you're going to pay the physical price for it. I think that's kind of a cool trade out for sure. Like, Especially if you're asking for like something really big, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like a big ask is, that's going to take a lot from you. Are you sure? Mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yep. Well, nice. next up we have the star. Uh, two defining qualities of you are greatly and permanently enhanced. That's going to give you a mechanical increase of one of your ability scores by two. The score can exceed twenty, but can't exceed twenty-four. Which that's. That's pretty potent. damn good. Yeah. 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 It, nothing in the game really. Can you imagine you the level twenty five? I wish to be buffer. You're like, you wish to be dude, you're you're twenty strength. You wish to be buffer? I've been plateauing <laughs> in the gym for so long. Please. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Steroids do nothing for me. Um so next up we have the throne. Uh, you become adept at influencing others to a heroic extent. Additionally, some random keep located somewhere comes into your rightful possession. However, the keep is infested with monstrous creatures that you have to that have to be expelled before it can be claimed. Your estranged evil uncle died. <laughs> he left you his like fucking holdout in his yeah. will. All right, you gain proficiency in the persuasion persuasion persuasion, persuasion. skill. And you doubled your you double your proficiency bonus on checks made with the skill. That's pretty great. That's wow. Okay. Yeah. In addition, you gain rightful ownership of a small keep somewhere in the world. However, the keep however, the keep is currently in the hands of monsters, which you must clear out before you can claim to keep as yours. So this one's this one's a fun card. Yeah, that, yeah that's cool. a fun card. It's like, oh, here's here's a free quest. Go go do it and you get a castle. Yeah, your uncle was Strahd von Berovich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Have a good time in your new campaign. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the key, which I don't have blue text for this one because it's pretty straightforward. Damn it. A rare weapon of a type with which you are proficient appears in the hands of the card's drawer. So you pull the key and you get a cool magic item. Cool magic weapon, basically. The wording on this is really strange. Uh, a rare weapon of a type with which you are proficient. Uh, the next part appears in the, in the hands, hands of the card drawer. drawer. Like, shouldn't it be you? Aren't you the yeah, card drawer? Yeah, you, you are. Yeah, okay. You are. Okay. I just thought maybe there was some like hidden caveat <laughs> no, there there's I was not. missing. No, no. It's, All right. It's, it's straightforward. All right. Next up, we have the knight. A powerful knight appears and pledges loyalty to you. <laughs> this noble combatant believes that the fates have drawn you, drawn them to you. Oh, let's let's double back to key real quick. Okay. Because yeah. like that could be a cursed weapon, right? It could be a cursed weapon, yes. Like a like a sword I, with a spear. If I were in the DM, I would probably come up with a chart and roll on it if I That's wanted cool, it to be random, yeah. or if I was feeling a little bit more, more wanting to be in control of it, I would I would peruse and maybe pick the thing that I think is going to be the most interesting. Yeah, like alignment base it. I was thinking yeah, too. Sure. Like this character has like been doing some evil shit lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's something evil. Right. Sure. Or whatever. You Absolutely. Know. Okay. Sorry. Let's go back to night. So you yeah. said a powerful knight appears and pledges loyalty to mm-hmm. you. Noble combatant believes the fates have drawn them to you. Okay, so you gain the service of a fourth level fighter who appears in a space you choose within 30 feet of you. A fucking sidekick? Yeah, you get a sidekick. The but fighter, much better than a sidekick. Yeah. Uh, the fighter is of the same race as you and serves you loyally until death, believing the fates have drawn him or her to you. They have. You control this character. 
Fuck. I, yeah. I, now I don't know why they specify it's the same race as you. I don't like. I don't see why that would be important. I mean, I would just leave that up to the DM. Really. Yeah. I don't see that yeah. being important yeah. necessarily. Yeah. So, but you control this character, so you just get a second character. All right. That's fucking. <laughs> I imagine it levels up like a normal character as you go along your quest. Yeah. You're yeah. just two people now. Yeah. Great. Just, yeah. Depending on where you are on the quest, that the fourth level fighter could just straight up die in one of these high level fights you're in yeah you know, so yeah that's very true you stay back here buddy i'm gonna go in and fight this bear <laughs> giant dire bear probably i don't know all right the void this next is just up me. we have the void go ahead brian uh this black card spells disaster your soul is drawn from your body and contained in an object in a place of the gm's choice damn one or more powerful beings guard this place while your soul is trapped in this way your body is incapacitated a wish spell can't restore your soul, but the spell reveals the location of the object that holds it. You draw no more cards. Because you're not there anymore. Yeah, you get an interrupt. So if you draw the void first. Right. So I imagine the order you draw them in is the order they resolve in. I would think so, yeah. And so if you draw this, if you draw five cards mm -hmm. and you draw this one third, yeah. the first two things happen and then this happens and you stop drawing. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. Um, so this puts your party in a weird situation. Number one, they have your body, which yeah. is alive. Um, that's dumb well i mean yeah <laughs> i'm supposed sucks. to feed this thing right i mean i'm sure there's some sort of magic spell you could use to to keep it uh preserved i think maybe the the body also would like maybe just do the basics maybe like it, uh, that's up to the dm how, yeah. how you want to resolve it uh the other thing is you don't have a character anymore <laughs> who wants to wipe the barbarian's ass next <laughs> oh no <laughs> he's shitting oh, his armor again God, that's horrible ah. You would take him to like a cleric and leave the body with like a trusted clergy member. And by the way, the person who just lost their character, you're probably gonna have to roll a new temporary character to get your old character. Cause you know, they're as long as they didn't hate you, they're probably gonna go and try and get your soul back because they know where it is because the card tells them. Yeah, if so that's it's the like, whole okay, point. Okay, we gotta of the go card. get Bob's soul. Damn it. I guess the evil king will have to wait. But when Bob we go get was our Bob's cleric, soul. so maybe we'll hire a cleric to come with us. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. We got to put you on live support. Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the first of the bad cards, isn't it? The uh, the All the ones above this have been great. I think the rest of them are typically, like, generally yeah, bad. It's right? probably only going to get worse from here. So let's keep going. Flames. Next up, we have flames. A powerful devil becomes your enemy. Oh, no. The devil seeks your ruin and plagues your life. Oh, no. Savoring your suffering before attempting to slay oh, you. Oh, no. This enmity. Enmity. Last until either sorry, until either you or the devil dies. So this is a this is a campaign upheaver right here. Oh yeah, it's, because the devil like we just yeah. last episode we just read a challenge rating fourteen devil. Yeah, exactly. It can literally just be that that yeah. could fuck your shit up. Like, so this bad. might just okay. This is your BBEG for this campaign. Um, True. Yeah. So uh, I like this card. I would hate to draw it, obviously, but I like this card. Yeah that that kind of that kind of brings up like as the DM. Are you like, I guess it would be up to you, right? If you randomize the mm -hmm. way the cards are drawn by rolling dice, you have a real deck in your hand where you shuffle it and blah, blah, blah. Or can you stack the deck yourself and know what order the cards are going to come up? That seems disingenuous. That seems disingenuous. I would highly recommend that not be the way you do That's it. That's against the spirit of the, the it deck, is. I think. It is against the spirit of the deck, and it's kind of a betrayal of your players. Yeah, heart so. of the cards, baby. Yeah, heart of the you cards. shuffle those things. By the way, um, you know what we should do at the end of this episode? We should each draw a card. 
that sounds what we would have got. Awesome. <laughs> okay. okay, that sounds great. <laughs> right. Did you know in uh, the five Ds Yu Gi Oh they are on my du- back to my Dukes of Hazard joke where you're playing <laughs> you're playing the decks of Hazard uh-huh. on in cars. Yeah, that you do play card games on motorcycles. In the, I in know that show. that's yeah. the three Ds one, right? Five Ds. Five Ds. My yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. D and D and D and D and D and D. They're actually it's it's five dragons. It's fucking cool. Okay, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is pretty. They cool. all have a fucking dragon card that they like. Okay, they back to the deck there's a lot of tattoos things. in that show. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so you know it's sick. Face tattoos, arm tattoos, whatever, dude. They got them. <laughs> the future's there. They talk about Kaiba a little bit. It's crazy. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, Kaiba's the dead. S- oh, okay. But it is the same universe. Yeah, they're in Neo Domino City. Which, if you've watched Yu-Gi-Oh season one, they have the battle tournament it takes place in Domino City, mm-hmm. a city that's like basically I don't know if it's like ruled by Kaiba, but I think it's ruled by Kaiba. <laughs> King Kaiba. He puts on the tournament. It's his tournament. He's right. allowed to do what he I wants. Mean, he's like the, the city, richest guy in the world, right? Yeah. Okay. Back to the deck of many things. Let's talk about the skull card. Fucking card ripper. Sorry, I'm mad at Kaiba still. For he sucks. Ripping a blue eyes white dragon in half. Skull, you summon an avatar of death. Oh, no. A ghostly humanoid skeleton clad in a tattered black robe and carrying a spectral scythe. Oh, no. It appears in a space of the GM's choice within 10 feet of you and attacks oh, you, no. warning all others that you must win the battle alone. What? The avatar fights until you die or it drops to zero HP. Whereupon it disappears. If anyone tries to help you, the helper summons its own avatar of death. A creature slain by an avatar of death can't be restored to life with like a revivify or whatever. Yeah. So basically for reals. Yeah. Basically, if if the whole party joins you, well, now they each have to fight avatar death. Yeah. And if you all die, well, no Dragon Balls is helping you this time. So the avatar of death is a challenge rating unspecified. I have the stats here, but it has an armor class of 20. It's hit points. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) its hit points are half of the hit point maximum of its summoner okay so you know if the wizard i don't know has 60 hit points this thing only has so if you're 14 ac wizards so (laughs) this okay yeah so this to me comes across as just more of um an annoyance than anything it's an annoying card to draw because then you have to deal with this asshole yeah, um, you're going to fight the shit right now, right? Yeah, right now. Yeah. So it's immune to necrotic poison damage. Uh, it is immune to being charmed, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, or uncon- unconscious. Um, it's got dark vision. It's got true sight. It knows all languages of its summoner. And it has these two traits, incorporeal movement. It can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. It takes uh, 1d10 force damage if it ends its turn inside of an object. And it has turn immunity. The avatar is immune to features that turn undead. And only has one attack, Reaping Scythe. The avatar sweeps its spectral scythe through a creature within five feet of it, dealing 1d8 plus three slashing damage plus 1d8 necrotic damage. So not a lot of damage. That's cool. You just just, have to deal with it right now. Yeah, it's just really annoying. Yes. And deadly if you're like levels one through three. That's true. Above that, it just starts becoming annoying. And it depends on the circumstances in which you are drawing the deck of many things. If you're carrying the deck of many things with you and are trying to draw your way out of a bad situation, you can draw this card. This has made it worse. This has made it worse. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of which, let's take a short rest. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hear that? That's your sign to this year finally forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. It's the sound to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling giant plates of armor or maybe some handmade dice, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn all the new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help, an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business. Take your business to the next level. It's your turn to start getting serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. We've returned. Indeed we have. We are fucking back. There <laughs> it is. Third F-bomb of the episode. Yeah, we did it. I'm sure um, we, we might have dropped more in there and not have realized it. Uh, we usually do, right? <laughs> yeah. That's just kind of... This is kind of us. Who we are. We've been talking about cursing a lot. Um, and now it's time to talk about the deck of many things. Yeah. 
or is it time to talk about Patreon? Oh yeah, I forgot we do that. Go ahead. Uh, we have a Patreon. If we you want to go support us, I know like Christmas time, the holidays are hard money wise. We get it. Like if you want to go help us out, you can. You can leave an iTunes review. That those fucking rule. They do. Reviews of any kind, subs. You know. Yeah, subs. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Comments. Oh. Comments also help. Technically, like we should. I, technically, we should be streaming this episode. I guess we're not. I, th- I guess we're gonna miss the first episode of the year. Yeah, that's just the way the recording schedule. Yeah. yeah, we'll try and get on the next one or maybe the one after that. It's it's a process. We're we're gonna figure it out and we'll give you guys the details <laughs> once we figure that out. Indeed. Um, but we are gonna try to do it. Um, like we've been talking about. Hope you guys are liking F bats. Because it's um, been it's been playing. Should yeah. been playing. Yeah. 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 Cool. Sick. Uh, let's yeah, let's get back to the deck. All right, deck of many things. Let's go. Next card is ruin. Ruin all forms of wealth that you carry or own, other than magic items, are lost to you. Mm. Oh fuck! No pants. Portable property. <laughs> portable property vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Business. Yeah. Businesses, buildings, and land you own are lost in a way that alters reality the least. Any okay. documents that proves you should own something. Uh, Lost to this card also disappear like mm-hmm. a fire. Yeah, sure. Like a tara- the Tarask awakens could be that would well, alter reality a it, lot. It does say like the least, so it's like what <laughs> it, what if you were to lose this property? What is the most likely way in which it would happen? That's how it plays out. Yeah, a meteor was coming down from the sky, and the Tarask awoke, <laughs> and it kind of destroyed your business because it woke up under your business. But then the meteor hit it and went right back to sleep. <laughs> that doesn't seem like the most likely, but okay. <laughs> Um, so this one's bad. This one's really bad. It, it's worse if you're richer than if you're poorer. It's definitely not as bad as but the it's other cards. I not think. as bad as other the other cards. Yeah, I agree. it's not good. It's definitely not good. We will not say this is good. You don't want to yeah. lose your pants just you randomly. No, that would suck. No, your underwear worth Unless money. You got magic pants. Are your underwear worth good. money after you've worn them? And they are un. They are once you've worn underwear. In my opinion, they are soiled. Like once you take them off, they're okay, considered okay. So to, let, to be let's, soiled. Let's take a moment here because it does say all forms of wealth, and yes. so th- the clothes you're wearing probably aren't what would be called forms of wealth. Can you sell your clothes? Yeah, but is when I think of wealth, I think of like I don't I don't know extra like yeah. beyond the basics, beyond the basics, anything yeah. beyond your basics. So, yeah. so what the clothes about on your back? If you're an adventurer and your sword is critical to your job duties mm-hmm. it's basic non-magical sword uh do you lose that i think you do lose that because you can sell it for like more than shirt money i think you lose it because i mean even just talking about how it's like your 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 form of income yeah that in itself is like that's how above you above that get wealth yeah that's how wealth. you get wealth so i think that disappears so basically what you're saying is anything in like the, in a shop that you can buy worth at least a gold Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I was going to put an actual monetary value on it, but yeah, sure. Well, you're putting some sort of some sort of value cap on it because like you're going to keep your clothes. And yeah, I think gonna, they are worth money. They are, they are worth money. But are they wealth? But somehow I see them different from wealth, and I'm not sure why. I don't know. I think when a, I think that dude's going to be naked. Okay, maybe. Maybe he's naked. This is a dungeon cast. Everyone gets naked. Let's Anybody go. whose hair is too long in a game with an economy that you can sell your extra hair, Goes that's gone too. Okay, so sure. you're going to have like, you know, ear to shoulder length hair if you had longer hair it's just the way it is okay (laughs) welcome to my game next up we have we have uriel or medusa or gorgon depending on how you want to go about it yeah uh shout to gorgon is that anything (laughs) no it's not a thing yeah i was thinking of shortening shout out to demon gorgon to so to dg 
Mm, I don't know if I care for it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, this is a quick one. We'll talk about it. Okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drop one and like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see how it flows. Yeah, we'll see how it flows. Uh, this card, uh, this card's Medusa like visage curses you. You take a minus two penalty on saving throws while cursed in this way. Only a god or the magic of the fates card can end this curse. Fuck. That's yeah. so permanent. Yeah, it's so permanent. Okay. Um, so, on one hand, not as bad as many of the things we talked about before. On the other hand, quite permanent especially if you are in a world where the gods are not going to give a fuck yeah because um, it's not i i would almost say it's not worth pulling another card to fix this no it's not <laughs> yeah it's like, not i'm yeah. just gonna eat it yeah i'm just like, gonna suck at saves if i drew three and one of them isn't the wish spell i yeah i'm not drawing more yeah. cards also the wish spell can't end this that's right only right. the fates card and a god can you wish to draw the fates card out of the deck of many things maybe possibly I, like i wish to draw the fates card out of the deck of many things and then declare to draw one card and uh -huh. see how that goes and yeah. then just get really tired but at least you're not i don't have bad saves yeah, yeah i guess we'll get to the fates card later right we will okay crazy that's a Ooh, that's a weird uh, card. another thing that sucks is the fates card only exists in the 22 card deck so if this oh. is a 13 card deck that's not even an option well i would say that if we are using the 13 card deck then that caveat shouldn't be there I think the idea here is that you either look for a twenty-two card deck if you're oh or, fuck or or you you really try and get on the good side of a god. That's fucked. Yeah, I would just say like I mean, okay. So here's one of the interesting things: you draw this, and your your character really is upset by this permanent state of being, and you're not maybe, a paladin. Maybe they start becoming religious, and then next thing you know, they multi-class unexpectedly into a religious class. Damn, but that's fucked reason to be religious to. Just like I suck at rolling out of the way of explosions now, so I'm gonna like worship God. I mean, I well, think God can t in D and D, God takes what they can get. Yeah, but also in <laughs> D and D, there's lots of reasons and and many reasons that characters worship gods, and most of the evil gods is for selfish reasons. Oh, that's and they true. could become a dark cleric because of this. That's you know true. I mean? That's more in line, I think, yeah. than like worshiping right. Like, but I mean, a good, good deity might be like, okay, I see potential in this, but like. I'm not going to undo this curse until you truly, you know, become one of my followers. I could see it coming up organically, like a a, yeah. a priest of Bahamut finds you in the streets, mm -hmm. like, "Tell me your woes, my child. You look yeah. sad. Something is weighing on you." <laughs> That's a way of a god reaching out to give you an opportunity to sure, like, "Hey, Bahamut is smiling upon you. Like, mm -hmm. there's you have a chance to fix this, my child." Yeah, like. Get it, get no solicitors. Shut yeah. the door. <laughs> Let me try my greater rest. Like you can have your fucking 500 gold back. Cause my greater restoration spell did not work on whatever is fucking you up, dude. Cause I've right. seen the way you roll out of the way of explosions. It, not it's good not enough. natural. Not good enough, dude. <laughs> Very bad. All right. Next up we have the rogue. Okay. Um, Sneak attack does plus a thousand. No, no, no. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, a non-player character of the GM's choice becomes hostile towards you. Uh, the identity of your new enemy isn't known until the NPC or someone else reveals it. Nothing less than a wish spell or divine intervention can end the NPC's hostility toward you. So I think the the spirit of this is that it's going to be like a more humanoid NPC, but I mean, it could be any NPC. Yeah, any NPC anywhere. Any any NPC anywhere. For any but reason. it would be a waste to draw this card and then not have it come up. Yeah, that would definitely be a waste. It's definitely going to come up. <laughs> Why the fuck is Todd being such a dick all of a sudden? <laughs> Does anybody notice? And they're like, yeah, dude, I definitely noticed. He really hates your guts. <laughs> so what the fuck is up with that? 
Maybe it was and a card you, think, you drew. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, got shit. Todd. Todd, when did you start hating me? Like, I'm going to tell you, asshole. <laughs> it was the card. <laughs> Todd, I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so next up, we have one of the cards that disappears permanently when drawn. Uh, the Jester. You gain 10,000 experience points. Or you can draw two additional cards beyond your declared draws. Oh, God. Just take the XP and run. Yeah, dude. Like, what the fuck that. are you trying to do? Unless... Unless, Unless there are not many cards left in the deck and you know what's left in the deck. Sure. But like yeah. you said earlier, players kind of probably shouldn't know. Yeah, that's also true. You're, you're right. You don't want to metagame that. Also, like if you made it to the last two cards of the deck, like devastation is unfurled around you. Absolutely. <laughs> you're probably not there anymore. No, honestly, yeah, you, definitely not. The deck's kind of designed in a way where you can't draw through the whole thing unless the last cards yeah, unless are unless you like have a lot of ones. people and a lot of ways of dealing with bad situations yeah because they're gonna like cards stop you from drawing so if yes. you're like i'm gonna draw 10 cards and then card five you're done yeah, yeah. and you're fucking get yeah. disappeared to fucking wherever exactly okay so these are the 13 cards in every deck of many things now let's talk about the eight cards that are only in 25 percent of decks of many things starting with the vizier at any time you choose within one year of drawing this card, you can ask a question in meditation and mentally receive a truthful answer Holy to shit. that question. <laughs> Besides information, the answer helps you solve a puzzling problem or other dilemma. In other words, the knowledge comes with wisdom on how to apply it, which is cool. This is a cleric ability, pretty much. Is, is it? Is it's this... like a divine intervention. Okay, yeah, it kind of is without the actual intervening. It's just giving you an answer. Yeah, the god in this case is the deck of many things. Yeah. Um, I like this card. It is. It puts a little of the onus on the player of asking the right question. Uh -huh. But I think a good DM should make the answer meaningful in a way in which the player can actually act on the information. Yeah. I think like, that's important. I mean, it should be obvious what kind of questions you're going to ask. There should be at least one major one if yeah. you're playing a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, yeah. which is like, how do I defeat the bad thing? Yeah. How do I stop the bad thing from happening? It's how do also, I defeat the bad it, guy? It could be a cool moment for like a character thing of like maybe a character has like a deep, tragic mystery that they – you have no way of solving, and then this happens, and they're able to ask the question, and then they learn the truth. And we have a really big emotional moment and all this other stuff. How can I get my dad to talk to me again? <laughs> how can I get Todd to stop hating me? How does how can I get Todd? It's like, you have to draw the fate card, my dude. Fuck! No! <laughs> all right, next up we have the Comet. If you single-handedly defeat the next hostile monster or group of monsters you encounter, you gain experience points enough to gain one level. Otherwise, this card has no effect. Yeah, this uh, see what I don't like about cards like this is I don't like handling uh, encounter preparations for a party that is of differing levels. So I mean, th and this isn't just this card; it's the other XP centric cards too. But I mean, if you're again, if you're introducing these cards, you have to accept that. Yeah, and random encounter tables are a thing. So if you're in a game with heavy random encounter <laughs> tables, this is probably really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also, like, random encounter tables are scary. They are. They're, they should be scaled properly. Five Balors show up. <laughs> right? You don't know. Uh, but Although you would level up more than once from that normally if you're a low enough level. Can oh, you win you'll that? You'll probably just can die. You guys you'll win probably that just fight? die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. All right. The uh, Sorry. Go ahead. The Fates. This is the one. Reality's fabric unravels and spins anew, allowing you to avoid or erase one event as if it never happened. You can use this card's magic as soon as you draw the card or at any other time before you die. So this is probably the most powerful, quote unquote, the most powerful card in the deck, right? It's the you get to change reality. Anything you want. And it's not 
uh, tied to any of the limitations of a wish spell. Yeah, not negotiable. You just yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. So, Anytime you want to. That's yeah, that, pretty this, good. This is probably one of the cards you're really looking for, likely, if you're pulling from the deck. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of caltraps in the way, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Yep. Uh, next up we have Gem, the Gem card. 25 pieces of jewelry. 25 pieces of jewelry worth 2,000 gold pieces each, or 50 gems worth 1,000 gold pieces each appear at your feet so you get fifty thousand gold pieces i mean that's hey why not it's cool it's it's money um you know in in other editions where buying magic items was more of a thing it probably would be worth more yeah and 5e you can't really you have to find canonic or at rules is written you're not supposed to although in my world i probably allow it to a certain degree but yeah anyways yeah next up we have the talons cards every magic item you wear or carry disintegrates fuck Artifacts in your position aren't destroyed, but do vanish. So ah, you of, lose them anyways. Yeah, this is kind of the um, the <sighs> opposite side of the coin of that other card. What was it? Um, that erases your wealth except for magic items. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this is this continues the process even further. <laughs> Can you imagine drawing both? You you would definitely be naked in my in my yes, campaign. Absolutely, you're naked at that. If point. you draw both of these cards, especially in tandem, you are na- you are nude. God, that'd be so fucking horrible. Yeah, you are stripped of all things and truly destitute. Damn. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have the idiot. Permanent. This, oh. oh no, never mind. I go ahead. Uh, permanently reduce your intelligence by 1d4 plus 1 to a minimum score of 1. You can draw one additional card beyond your declared draws. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, because you might be too stupid to ask afterwards. Yeah, or you might be too stupid to to think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say you are a level 10 fighter, or you are a fighter with a 10 intelligence. Okay. So you, you're, you're at average. a minimum, are dropping to an 8. You're and... like a 3.0 GPA or what? At 10? At 10, you're at like a 2.0 GP. GP. Okay. Um, so at, at, at best case scenario, you're dropping to innate intelligence. Worst case scenario, you're dropping to a five, which means you can't even talk anymore. You are dumb as oh, shit. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but you can take instructions like. Uh, yeah. You're. You you're, still eat. You're about as smart as a dog. You're about as smart as a dog. And probably just as loyal if you're the fighter. That's brutal. <laughs> that is tough. That is a brutal thing. But if you are, and then what's worse is if you're a wizard and you have an 18 intelligence, and then you you drop the maximum, you're down to a 13, which obliterates your class. It obliterates your class. That's brutal. Yeah. Whew. The name uh, of this card is a little problematic, but I'll, I'll overlook it. Yeah. Next up, we have Donjon. 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 Tell me what it's about. You disappear and become entombed in a state of suspended animation in an extra dimensional sphere. Everything you were wearing and carrying stays behind in the space. So you're nude. You occupied when you disappeared. You remain imprisoned until you are found and removed from the sphere. You can't be located by any divination magic, but a wish spell can reveal the location of your prison. Just reveal the location, not get you out. Yeah. You draw no more cards. Okay. So you pull this card. Your party either decides to get the wish spell and try and get you, or you're just getting a new character because your dude's gone. Or you have a party member with wish prepared. Like, you can just have a party member that can cast wish. Yeah, but that's a very high-level spell. And I, I'm just saying, like, if, let's say you're introducing this, like, as a DM, it's like, if your party decides that they're not going to use the wish spell, they're, they're just going to hope you show up along the campaign. You're not. That's not happening. You're not. Yeah. That's not happening. You, you it's should, wish spell or get a new character. You should be, okay, when you deck of many things, your players as a dungeon master, mm-hmm. you should tell them like, "Hey, 
if you guys are going to draw from this, be warned. Need backup characters. Yeah, be warned. And you might need more than one, mm-hmm. depending yeah. on if you like are. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to jump into the body of this NPC who I like very much over here, and yeah. they will draw from the deck of many things. Yeah. Save my other character because I don't give a shit about this character. Mm-hmm. Well, that might not break so great for that nope, character that, either. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. Also, what a cop out. Yeah, I can see too. players yeah, trying that, to do yeah, that. Yeah, that would suck. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, I might not allow that. Yeah, I'm gonna be like. No, they're gone. Like if we're we're gonna have to organically work somebody, mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna let you be. Yeah, you also can't dictate what this NPC is gonna do because the NPC might be like, I'm not drawing from there. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Would this character? You would have to embody that character, and would they draw? F- like that would have to be previously discussed. My backup character is this NPC. Is mm-hmm. that cool? Yeah, that sounds sounds like a uh, Harry kind of situation. Yeah. Next up, we have the balance card. Your mind suffers a wrenching alteration, causing your alignment to change. Oof. Lawful becomes chaotic. Good becomes evil and vice versa. So you just flop? You Yeah, you reverse. Okay. Yeah. If you are true neutral or unaligned, which is unlikely, uh, this card has no effect on you. Yeah, so you basically have a fucking personality, like, reversal. Yeah, that's um, a cool actual concept. It'd be very interesting to role play. Like, okay, let's use D'Artagnan Bloodthane as an example. He's very lawful and borders on evil there. So he would become tiefling warlock. Tiefling, he was a tiefling paladin. Paladin, yeah, oathbreaker, but reflavored. So like he would become kind. He number one, he was very lawful, so he'd become quite chaotic, and he was slightly evil, so he would probably become slightly good. So he would become a bard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, his class wouldn't change, but he would become like maybe in the vein of like a Robin Hood. That's that's so drastically different from who he was. Yes, and probably. Everyone is better off for it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but um, it'd be crazy to role play that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but a so, lot of fun. This, yeah, this sure. card actually seems like a lot of fun to me. It would also be hilarious if it was drawn by like the true neutral monk, and then nothing happens. That is that is fair. Yeah. Um, or like the I, the lawful good paladin probably isn't drawing from the deck of many things. Honestly, yeah, I mean they might, but probably not. Probably I mean, not. it just depends. But yeah, them becoming chaotic evil would be wild. I could see them doing it in like a pinch. Like we I have yeah, to. Yeah. There you could you could make a moral obligation to you And then getting that card for them, this is like the the true killer yeah. for that character is yeah. like, dude, you're gonna get power stripped, right? Or does everything shift because of the power? Well, remember card. that the paladin is powered by their conviction, right? So the conviction changes but remains as strong as it was. So we could say, okay, they become oathbreaker. And like, okay, uh, let's say I'm the paladin, right? And I draw the card and I my alignment changes on the spot because I'm surrounded by people who are probably not going to jive with my new my new the cut of my new jib. Yes. Um, I'm probably just going to bail. I'm yeah, probably going to totally like, you, you, know, you exit campaign. Yeah, at that exit point. campaign. And my character probably becomes a villain of this story if they choose to still remain involved in whatever's going on in this campaign yeah depending on who they are they could start attacking people like yeah. right there right because C- it depends because paladins in super quest saga are powered by like ideals right not gods right and but in, in, in a in, situation where you're powered by a god who is lawful that, good, that changes things that you don't you lose your paladin powers exactly like yeah. getting power stripped on the spot yeah. and then yeah. like you could oath break mm-hmm. like you probably have just as much conviction but it's going to take some time for you to find probably. your new god yeah because you don't just get all this inherent knowledge of like yeah. what's Which on is, the other side in fifth edition D, it's canonical that paladins and gods are not necessarily associated yeah so or, it, or you do or you or do you are you yeah. do swap and and everything that entails like you are 
a level 10 paladin still, mm-hmm. but now you are lawful evil and your god is this. And the DM like slides you like, you do you approve? Right, and right. It's like, uh, maybe this god. Okay, fine. That god. Sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You approve then. <laughs> and now you're like just an evil paladin. Yeah. Who <laughs> maybe he's still in the squad, maybe he isn't. Yeah. So that's that's the very interesting card, depending on who pulls it. Definitely. Yep. And finally, we have the Fool card, which is the other card besides the Jester that disappears permanently when drawn. You lose 10,000 experience. Discard this card and draw from the deck again, counting both draws as one of your declared draws. If losing that much XP would cause you to lose a level, you instead lose an amount that leaves you with just enough experience to keep your level. That's which interesting. is cool. Yeah, I think it's, that's it's less problematic odd. for the Game Master. Yeah, sure. Um... Yeah, this is just, uh, hey, bad thing happens, and you have to draw another card. Yeah, you have to draw another card. I I wonder how losing 10k experience reflects in, like, do you forget the last battle? You know, like, is it like that? Yeah, that's the thing is, like, the XP is such a strange thing to try and apply on, like, real-world, like, physics and, and, and experiences and stuff, so... I don't know. I, I Maybe. Maybe you do. But in a milestone <laughs> campaign... It's less impactful to have this. It's definitely accounted for, but you're not going to, in a milestone campaign, you're not going to necessarily, I guess you could, like, level people up at different paces based off of the deck. You know? You would have to. Otherwise, like... It's meaningless otherwise, right? Yeah, it's meaningless otherwise, yeah. So, so in mechanical terms, because we don't play like that. We play milestone. We do, yeah. But playing experience, which I think is cool. Definitely Yeah, it's definitely definitely fine, yeah. Like, applies here, right? Mm -hmm. This, This card is less powerful in... Uh, a milestone campaign, basically. I'm trying to think of a workaround, right? Especially with this card specifically, because you don't lose a level. It's it's indicated in the actual text. I that think you, you don't take lose a level. shave a skill point off somewhere, not an ability score. Like shave a point off of a skill. Where did you lose this 10 XP that you lost? I'm saying that you lost it. Like I steal a memory of your training from you, or something like that. That could be a cool implementation from Milestone. If you yeah, like definitely. I did. That's that's a good. That's a creative way of approaching it. I like that. Yeah, that was kind of a, like an adventure zone when they did the, um, the uh, like, Wheel of Pain or whatever the fuck. Oh gosh, it's spoilers been so long. for the original Adventure Zone. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to remember though. That's when they're in the Wonderland, right? Or in Wonderland, like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They they they're you know spinning the Wheel of Pain and they like like lose a memory. Oh, and then yeah, it yeah. impacts their scores because they lost like right, okay. they lose like a proficiency, you know? That's interesting. See, I like that. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. You can do stuff it. like that, probably. So that's all twenty-two cards. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. Are we ready to draw our own cards before we take this long rest? <laughs> Fuck, yes. Are you let's ready? do it. So I am the bard, William, and I draw the key card oh shit that was a good one you get a a fucking magic item right sweet i got a sweet magic fucking sword you get a brand i get a wondrous weapon you get a neumann microphone like a thousand dollars hell yeah i do (laughs) absolutely oh sorry man wow look at you what the fuck's gonna happen to me (laughs) right now find out all right uh you just hit the draw the draw button there okay i'm doing it oh we're drawing from the 22 yes i drew the fates whoa whoa What do you choose, Brian? The fucking regular shirt right now. Yeah. They're like, ah. <laughs> What? Uh, let me. I gotta read Holy fuck. Remind me to never draw from the deck of many things in an actual game. Yeah. Because I've burned my good draw. You really did. So, uh, rallies, fabric unravels, and spins anew, allowing you to avoid or erase one event. What event would you erase? Uh, well, what event would I erase? 
Google AdSense demonetizing us. <laughs> ah, there YouTube. we go. <laughs> Woo! YouTube's freeing oh. us again. If only. All oh right. my God. <laughs> I like that. That was a good choice. All can right. You, well, can you not manipulate reality to add an event? It does. It says that you allowing you to avoid or erase one event as if it never happened. Damn. So you could be like, fucking my loved one that died is never yep. died. Yep. But then you have to deal with the implications. That ripple effect has to ripple through everything. Yep. yep. In, yep. in the yep. camp yep. in a campaign. Yep. So that is a tricky. Mm -hmm. That's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. So I would actually. In game, there would be a lot of well, in game is different because who am I? Like, you know, what character am I, right? Yeah, in game. Yeah. My character might be like, absolutely I am making sure we didn't lose that one fight. Or like absolutely my like loved one is back from mm -hmm. the grave. And mm -hmm. like not that never happened. Yeah. And now happened. I'm not this the fates could be the same as like a card that takes you out of the party. This card could take you out of the party easily. Oh yeah. The could. thing that made me like Live this dangerous life of adventuring never happened. And right. now I'm just not here. Now I'm a farmer. Now I'm a fucking farmer and I have three children. <laughs> and I love beautiful. Them. And I'm a happy person. And I make a ton of money with my fucking I'm carrots. A wealthy dude. farmer. Carrot farmer. Oh, the heron gone. Hey, uh, we I'll save it for the long rest, actually. Okay, let's take a long rest. All right. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we just kind of fuck around. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is it. Uh, I hope you guys like the announcement for the new year. Uh, I know I do. That was a really fun episode. Um, Indeed. I've always yeah. kind of wanted to break down the whole deck. Yeah. I, I learned a lot, actually, because I knew some things about the deck. But. Yeah, same here when I, when I was uh, doing my reading on it. Also, um, it's for me, as someone who does like the prep before, before the show, it's been refreshing to read about items. Yeah. Rather than trying to get the the deep lore of gods or characters <laughs> Going or, back into or the really scarce lore of gods or characters. It's it's kind of cool. Reading how slugs fuck in Dungeon Magazine. <laughs> it's, hey, man, I'll never get sick of that. That was actually funny. <laughs> it was funny. Which is why I remember it. Um, yeah, it, it was a it was a very <laughs> nice, nice yeah, shot. We'll shot some. I have uh, I have buckets for trash cans in my garage, you know, like Home Depot buckets in our or studio. Whatever. In the studio, um, which Tom is so upset about. Wait, what, what is he Tom, upset? I'm calling Hold Tom on. out. Right. He's like, do you guys have a trash can? And I'm like, oh, it's the buckets over there. He's like, the bucket? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's okay. It's fine. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> I totally what? missed that interaction. Yeah, we've been recording a, a live play podcast called Unhallowed, in which Tom, who is my podcast partner on uh, Dude, Could You Imagine, is part of. I did not catch that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so funny. Actually, I think Kiki said something about it, too. She's like, you just want me to put this in the bucket? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's cool. That's what we do here. That's hilarious. I, I, don't, I don't know. Should I buy a trash can? Uh, no. I mean, I think the buckets are fine, and I just made a sweet shot from across the studio. That's what I'm saying. So, That's what yeah. I do. It's like yeah. the bucket's way more fun yeah. than the trash can. Absolutely. And it, it, we are in a garage. I don't mind having buckets, but like, yeah. maybe one day I'll have a trash I mean, can. Yeah. Maybe we can pay for that upgrade if you join us on Patreon. Yeah, join us on patreoncom dungeoncast where I'm not going to spend any of our podcasting earnings on trash cans. Sorry, I've got four sweet buckets that we can shoot bo empty bottles into anytime we want. Absolutely, um, and that was a cool shot. See, we don't get moments like that without the bucket. You yeah. want a trash can with a lid? Lame. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it also makes sure it also helps keep me accountable to take the trash out often because I don't want uh, you know 
bugs and shit. Sure, anymore. absolutely, man. You don't got to justify the buckets to me. I mean, I got Terminix. Terminix came yesterday, bro. Okay, like, we're sure. good. They cool. use they use their safest uh, anti-bug stuff around. Because, nice, good, because like, we have a dragon turtle outside that we need to keep safe. Yeah, Sally's doing okay in the cold. She is burrowed so deep. I have a heat lamp out there for her, and I'm installing a cover to keep the rain even more off of her than it already is. Very nice. So don't worry about Sally. She's doing cool in the cold months. It doesn't get... We had ice. It freaked me out. So I made some changes back there, but she's cool. Just in case anybody's wondering, if you want to check Sally out, if you have uh, have heard about our dragon turtle and not yet seen her, I have. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, B and D and D twenty. That's the name, B N D N D twenty. You can follow me on Instagram, and you can basically just see pictures of me, my kid, and my my turtle. Um, and <laughs> that's I, I, great. I, I love post it. stories of like when I do cool just stuff me, for D and D stuff. Turtle. Yeah, that's it's great. basically that's what it is right now. But I, I want. It. I want to do more Instagram stuff, and I have ideas for that. But mm-hmm. am I going to do it? Do I have time? I'll try. Okay. Um, cool, funny D and D stuff that I've been thinking about. Little skits with our little dolls. Oh, I like that. That's a good idea. We should do that. I know. I know. I just got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the Grimly and Gromly thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, do we have time to do this? I wish we had more time to do I this. I wish we did. Um. So yeah, hopefully we have more time to do that. That sort of stuff. Uh. Okay, what else do we want to talk about? We plugged the Patreon. Um, social media is Discord. kind of a weird thing. We're, we're moving mainly to Discord, pretty much. But we yeah, do still have Discord's Twitter our main, Instagram. Our main squeeze. Yeah, TikTok might get blown up by the U.S. government, so we might not use that anymore. Not yeah. blown up, but like revoked from our usage. Right. Um, so that might, that might be a, not but be a thing. But we're on Twitter. Um, I started a Mastodon. We're going to be there, too, so... Um, I'm sure by this point you've either heard of it or haven't, but it's it should be existing, and uh, I'm working on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess Mastodon is just the sequel to Twitter or something. Twitter too. Twitter too. I think it was made by the people who developed Twitter. So yeah, they were mad at Elon. Uh, anyway, um, I do want to talk about the studio a little bit and the, the the contributions from Patreon being critical in the development of that. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I have been using a little bit of personal money too, but the idea here is to create a space that sounds awesome. So I like on Black Friday, I bought a bunch of new software like plugins and stuff um, to really get the show up to the standard of like all the other professional podcasts out there, which I was like unfamiliar with mastering before that. So I've, I've learned how like basic mastering at this point, which is cool. I wouldn't have done that without you guys. Um Got a new desk that is for for audio stuff. We've got new microphones. We're actually a contribution from Chemical, so thank you. But like he's Indeed. he's a patron as well, so like awesome shit. Uh, you know, the the drywall, drywall, insulation. drywall insulation, which has changed the way we do. The, they changed everything pretty yeah. much for me. There's um, uh, the sound treatment we're getting. Sound treatment is is a thing. It's it's actually arriving this upcoming. Uh, week so our next recording it should be installed it should sound a little cleaner in here mm-hmm. um because it really starts from there like when you make a podcast you want to have a room that sounds good if you can't get the sound of the room out of the show there's not much you can do about that um and this is a garage essentially so tr- transforming into a studio has been like not only something that we wouldn't have been able to do without you guys uh it's been a joy for me to like make this space and to have like a professional great audio space to work in mm-hmm. so without your y'all's contributions uh we wouldn't be doing stuff like that and having other shows and things like that so thank you at the start of this new year i just want to like do a special thank you to patrons we're not doing any shout outs this episode we need to update the list um i'm supposed it's my fault i'm supposed to do um like a cleanup of the last list so uh so that our 
person that organizes the list can do their job effectively. So sorry for being a bad person in that regard. <laughs> I will do better. Um, so we're skipping it this time so I can do the housekeeping stuff and get and get that all right. So I hope you guys are enjoying um, like the shows that we're producing and the uh, the stuff we're putting out on Patreon. No, Will's doing Lay's newsletter thing and. Um, the early episodes are slowly but surely getting back on track. Um, they're still going to air their ad free always. So um, let us know what it is. Like, give us some feedback if you want. You can reach out to the dungeoncast at gmail.com and, uh, and drop us some feedback. You know, um, we see all the fan mail that comes in. It, we're slow to answer it sometimes, but we will get in there. Um, and then there's, uh, there's lots of ways you can help the show that are not monetary based. Like, just listening is the best thing you can do. Telling a friend. Um, I do have like a personal goal to to double this show's audience this year. I think that's something I really yeah, want to set absolutely. my mind to. That'd be awesome. It's one hundred percent possible. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no reason that we shouldn't have twice the amount of people that that listen to the show now listening on a regular basis. Um, but to to part of making that ha- that goal a reality is uh is asking you guys for your help in uh spreading the word about the show. So I know that that's something we kind of were like hitting hard for a little while. And, and mm-hmm. it, it, you see results from that. You guys mm-hmm. do go out there and tell people about the show. Um, and that's the main thing. Word of mouth. Uh, we do what we can to advertise a show and like cross promote. We're going to be doing a lot more of that. There's going to be a lot more guests on the show this year. I think we're going to make it more regular thing. Uh, let us know if there's somebody you would like to see. Uh, and, and you don't just have to let us know, let the world know on things like Twitter. Um, like Twitter's a great way to reach out to people or I guess Mastodon yeah, uh, or wherever those, those platforms are. If you, if there's somebody you want to see, you could also let us know like, Hey, it would be really cool to get this person on the show. We can look up their contact information and ask. There's no reason we can't do that. We've, we've sent out a bunch of emails actually to like get people on the show. We've had people on the show that we think are excellent, awesome people. Definitely check them all out. Check out our sponsors there. You guys are all helpful. If you want to sponsor the show, we we're open to that. Uh, the dungeoncast@gmail.com. Although I don't know what uh, sponsorship opportunities we're gonna have from people listening to this part of the episode, but who knows? You know, like yeah. Um, I imagine the people that make it to the long rest are, are the diehards. So mm, I'm yeah. usually just talking to you guys. You're probably already patrons. So, <laughs> but you know, um, telling people about the show that's that's excellent. Like I said, we want to double our podcast. Uh, like our unique listeners out there because we get. We have we have metrics that are like total downloads, unique listens, right? So we want to double the unique listeners of of this show, and I, I think that's something totally within our wheelhouse, totally possible. We're gonna work hard to do that through collaboration, um, collaboration with with guests, with you, the listener. So thanks, and I'm looking forward to uh, growing the horde, if you will. <laughs> the horde. The horde. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you, Dungeon Casters, for helping us grow our horde of you. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's something I just wanted to put out into the universe. Cool, something, man. Some energy, you know, get that good energy. Yeah, flowing. I'm into it, man. I'm into it. So, um, but that starts. It all starts with you guys, and without you guys, none of that, none of these, that goal is not possible without you. So, thank you so much for being here and listening. I'm looking forward to making this community grow and uh, and doing more awesome shit because this show is awesome. Yes, so. I agree. Yeah, thank you guys a lot. We'll catch you. It's going to be a great year of the artifact. We're going to catch you on the next one. All right, we will call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Call it a game. The Dungeon Cast.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.